Hey, welcome to the Better Modesto Show. It's your host, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey, and we're live on KFIV 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app. Chris, how are you doing? Man, just just busy, but good, you know? It's a busy time of year, you know, my business, I, I do like political campaign stuff all over the country, and so we've got a bunch of races in Colorado and Florida and Virginia right now. This is why and you so, won the city council seat, because you knew what you were well, doing. No, maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think that's it. Well, I'm certainly glad you won, and uh, I'm certainly glad I get to support you in that. So, hey, how are things going at city council right now? You know, it, it was pretty smooth. We haven't had, like, a lot of crazy controversy lately, which is refreshing. It, you know, the first six months were kind of just, like, a lot of... Um, community frustration directed at us um, and it seems I was talking to the mayor about it and I'm like why do you think people aren't yelling at us anymore I thought that was what they did every week and she's like well maybe we're starting to address some of the concerns and I think that was a really good answer because yeah, we are a great answer well that's yeah that's we're trying answer. anyway but hey I did want to ask you as we kick off the show today what's up with COVID I mean I, I just hey. see the numbers keep growing and growing and growing and that makes me sad and yeah I mean I don't want to be too positive here, but I'm going to be positive. Okay. And I think you know I love that. It. That's what we're yeah, all yeah, about. Like the numbers are getting better. Okay. Like, let's be like positive. Like let's keep doing the right things. But infections are down. Like I think that we're heading in the right direction. You know, in another week or two, we may be able to lift the mask mandate. I, I mean, I don't get to make that choice. That's Doctor V. But I'm just saying, like, it's looking really positive. So yeah. I think we should be like feeling good, like making some good decisions, getting a lot of people vaccinated, and you know, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna come out on the other side here for a while. Um, you never know if there's another variant. We'll get another. You know, be have to go through this again. But let's hope that this is, you know, start the beginning of the end. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, two weeks from now, we're lifting the mask. Not what? No. <laughs> no. That's what Chris not said. Me. <laughs> All right. We're not gonna hold him accountable to that. So, hey, we have a great show lined up today because mainly because of the guests that we have on our show today. So do you want to introduce this guest? Man, I've known Brad Hahn for many, many years. I remember this guy, he used to serve on the city council. Um, he has done some absolutely incredible things for the city. Um, one of the things that he worked on was the, the wastewater recycling plant that we have that is absolutely revolutionary, that takes Modesto's wastewater. And once we're done with it, Treats it, gives it to the farmers on the west side. Absolutely brilliant. Something that Brad came up with. So, like, these are the kind of things that this guy has done for our community. And uh, I used to produce a festival with him, actually, the Modesto Art and Wine Festival. We did that for several years. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Anyway, lots of history. And, wow. Just, um, it's just great to work with him. And um, it's really great to have him on the show. Yeah. Brad, we want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, you have had a, I, I think, you know, I've, I've probably known Brad for the better part of 30 years, I think, uh, in one capacity or another. So I started going, when I was a young lad, I was going to the church that Brad went to. And so that's that's how this friendship has uh, gone for many years. And that's it's been a great thing. So, yeah, so Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's actually... Uh... A good time. Fall's coming. I think everybody's ready for the smoke to quit and for us to start thinking about 
the holidays, and I'm, I'm just really excited about it. Yeah, today I actually tweeted, my first tweet of the day was uh, 50 days till Christmas, or 50 days till Thanksgiving, 80 days till uh, Christmas Day. And of course, we're recording this on Wednesday, so the numbers are a little bit off, but yeah, are you guys ready for Christmas yet, 80 days away? No, we're not. <laughs> wow. You know, I think one of the best Christmas gifts I received last year was a big, huge thing of cookies from your wife, and she is the <laughs> most amazing cook, Chris. So that was or baker. I mean, it was just a wonderful thing. So yeah, Brad, how long have you lived in Modesto? I've lived here a long time. I just got my last year. I got my uh, um, Social Security card. You know, the and the AARP is you know, sending me stuff for the last 10 years. So I've been here for 66 years. Wow. I was okay. born here and uh, never left. I went to college at University of Pacific and commuted with my dad. He worked in French camp at a feed mill, so I would go up with him every day and, and lived at home. And uh, so I've been really invested in our community, and I love it. And now, uh, fast forward uh, been married almost 45 years to my wife Nancy. I have three grown kids. One of them just surpassed 40 <laughs> and uh, have six grandkids. And they all live uh, within about half a mile of us. So we see them a lot. And I, I feel sad for those who don't have their grandkids real close, but we have a great time with them. Although Saturday was kind of drag. I mean, I like soccer, but not three times during <laughs> it's a lot of soccer <laughs> soccer and football but that know. is the season at least with soccer you get to watch them play the entire game instead of like a swim meet where there's like 30 seconds yeah. of swimming well and, and actually uh, that's true the kids are getting old enough to where they actually know that they're supposed to kick the ball towards the net you know that oh kind of stuff. yeah so it's, it's actually pretty fun so post clump is what we're talking yeah that's it that's it Hey, what is your what is your day job, Brad? What do you do for a living? I'm a structural engineer, and I have been for a lot of years. And I have a very small firm, and we do uh, anchorages for equipment in hospitals, typically, uh, like chillers and boilers and surgery lights and MRI machines and stuff like that. So, and most of the work I do is in LA um, because I got a couple big clients down there. But I do that and I work about half time at that and half time I do community stuff. And I've been doing that for, gosh, almost probably 15 years. Been kind of semi-retired, I guess you'd say. But I do that so, so I can do what I really want to do, which is community stuff, because I love this place. Yeah, when I was running for city council, I don't think I met anybody that didn't know Brad. Yeah. And his uh, advice was really helpful, but you know, the funny thing is he supported me for city council. Did you know that, Chris? I did know that. I went over to his house, like, <laughs> during the campaign, and uh, and there were, like, all these Jim Applegate signs. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder who, I wonder, like, there must be an accident, like, that someone left all these signs here. That's right. Um, so, but I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know what's fun, though, is I, I think, um, you know, you've said it before that, even though I lost, you won, Brad quickly turned his allegiance to supporting you and taking care of you and helping you in every way. I yeah, I mean, it's been really, it's pretty awesome. But Brad's just a pretty good guy. So he's yeah. just a good person. And uh, that's, that's well, awesome. Yeah, and for me, it's like, okay, I chose Jim for whatever reason. You chose the losing guy. But, but, so it was good. 
But uh, because I know both of you, and I know both of you are, are love Modesto and want to do a great job, I mean, I, it, it's easy, it's hard to choose, uh, but when you have two people and one of them wins, and there's, there's really no loss to the community because both of you really want stuff to happen and make it a better place. And so, yeah, and I've known Chris for a long time, and we've worked on, when I was on the council, worked on, uh, you know, X-Fest and all the issues that went through that through the years. And, and then, like he said, we did Art and Wine Festival for six years and got to know him that way. And I knew that he was, his heart was in the right spot. And I tried to lend what experience that I had in being on the city council and dealing with, with the issues of government and the Brown Act and all of the issues that come with that to try and help him. I mean, help him as a person, but also help our community because it, if he's hitting on all cylinders, then uh, the community is really benefited. Yeah, well, I think it was your attitude, Brad, in almost everything I've seen you be involved in in our city where, you know, you just find people to work with. You don't care uh, their background, their gender, their ethnicity. You don't care about any of that stuff. You're, you're, you're just all in. And so, you know, when I watched you do that, when Chris actually won the council seat, I, I mean, I had told Chris before that, but if he won, I'm all in to help. And I, I love that attitude, and I, I love to see that in so many of the different leaders in Modesto as they support people. And that's been fantastic to see. So, hey, just real quickly before we take a break, 66 years in Modesto, what is the thing that you would say is the number one biggest change you've seen in Modesto over the years? I think, uh, honestly, the reason I ran for office was I felt like we had a very poor self-esteem in the Valley. I think it's a, it's a condition of the Valley. And I think, uh, strangely enough, uh, I believe the Gallo Center was a, the beginning of the change of that, that we're not going to accept it the way we have it. We're going to push forward and, and make it a better place. Man, that's great because that is a, a massive change in our city. So, okay, well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about when Brad ran for city council, what happened at city council during his tenure, and then what has been the results since. And uh, I, I think this is going to be really encouraging to all of us. So... Hey, you're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're live on KFIV 1360 and also on the iHeartRadio app. And we'll see you right after the break. All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on KFIV 1360 and also on the iHeartRadio app. And our guest today on our show is Brad Hahn. Brad, thanks so much for joining us today. Great. Yeah, it's, it's much better to record on Wednesday than getting up early on a Saturday. You can actually listen to yourself on Saturday morning now. So you can get all your grandkids around and everybody together and say, come on, come listen to come listen to me on KFIV. I've got some wisdom to share with the city. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, I'm pretty sure you know how that would go. <laughs> they listen to me all the time, so they, they had enough. <laughs> well, we're going to make you famous, that's for sure. So, all right, so tell us, uh, you said you ran for city council. You actually won that. What year was that? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. It was around 2005 in that range. Okay. And then uh, was on the council for eight years. And uh, the claim to fame that our council had was is that we didn't go bankrupt. We were, every year we had to cut because of the, the Great Recession. And all the things we would have loved to have done, 
we couldn't do because it was you know who 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 gets laid off that this time what what service are we going to do and uh when i remember when i first got elected and jim right now was the, the, the uh, mayor and he he and i became pretty good friends running and and he and i had the same uh, ideology i guess and when it comes to finances and things so when I won, I remember I was on vacation and, and I, he called me and said, You're, I want you to be the chairman of the finance committee. And I thought, Jim, what have, what have I done wrong? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> because I wanted to do other stuff like economic development, stuff like that. And he said, no, you know, I trust you. I believe that, you know, sound economics. And little did we know what we were going to go through. So that was, a, that was a very, very difficult time. But I think we did it with respect and honor of the of the community and the employees although it's really sad that a lot of the things got cut i know chris is uh, really concerned about the trees in our community and, the, and they've been drastically cut and we're we're seeing the 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 downside of that yeah i mean that's like one of the big challenges in government right it's when you budget things like the next year's budget is based on the previous year's budget so once you cut something it's difficult to revive a budget. Instead, they'll be like, well, and especially with the way our budgets escalate, you know, if you look at like the, uh, the wages for different, you know, different jobs and stuff, there's automatic escalations there, which eat up budget automatically, which makes it difficult once you've taken a budget like trees, tree budget. <laughs> um, it's difficult to raise the tree budget, um, yeah. you know, after you cut it. And that's why I always say, like, you know, I complain about the tree budget and what that council back in 2009 did to my tree budget. But I also understood, like, the position they were in is absolutely impossible. And, I, and frankly, like, I don't know how you guys pulled that off because you, you had to cut, I think, $150 million in a year or something. Yeah, like, it was, it was, like, that. that's like, it was, wow. It wasn't, wasn't quite that much, but it, it was, it was <laughs> we were, and when we were still experiencing the pain from it and, it, and the, the temptation now with this council is the money's just flowing from this COVID stuff but it's one-time money so you can't you can't do uh, ongoing expenses like the trees <laughs> you can throw a bunch of money at them in a one or two year thing to maybe get 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 back some but you can't buy trucks, That's buy right. hire employees. You can't do the, the, the stuff that really will turn the tide. Right. And that's, uh, it's so true. And that's part of that planning process. And in, in my talks with the city manager, it's like the one-time stuff with the trees or we're trying to, trying to do a little of the catch up of the stuff that we weren't able to do in previous years yeah. with the goal of being able to stay caught up once we get there now i don't know if we're going to pull it off and i think like we need to really as a community think about the stuff in the in modesto that are working like if you look at village one we have fees built into every house on village one that they pay every year with their property taxes to make sure that those trees are maintained not just trees but the law like the all the common areas in village one that's all paid for it's part of the deal However, the neighborhoods in, in our district, everyone here lives in District 3, um, we don't have those fees. And so we don't have the same ability to fund the, the services that we need. And so we should, if that's something that we want, it's something we need to think about long term. You know, um, 
So, you know, last week we were talking about the idea that today's problems are because of yesterday's solutions. And this is, you know, kind of what we're talking about. And I, I wonder, Brad, is there any sense of regret or things that you guys might have done differently back in those years on city council? No, I, I mean, just weren't a our, lot of choices. Our path forward was pretty, pretty straight. It's just, it's, you know, you've got to reduce your budget by X amount of dollars. You just, there's only one way to do it. And uh, that's basically through, you know, salaries. And that's the bit that, that so that means people. And that, that is a, the regret that I have is the, the good people that worked hard and were good employees that for no fault of their own, they got, you know, they had to move on. Uh, so that, but that know, experience is why we're in the position we are right now. The government saw that in 0809, when they just slashed everyone's budget, they sent the entire economy into a tailspin. So they, they're trying a different solution this time with COVID, and it's going to have different impacts. We're going to yeah. see inflation. We're going to see, you know, we're going to have yesterday's solutions, what you're talking about, Jim, right? Yeah. Like, we're going to, they looked at yesterday's solutions. Now they're adding a new kind of solution with that's going to have new consequences, right? That we're all going to—I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I really think that uh, we that council over those eight years did a good job of of keeping our our heads up in the community and trying to do what we needed to do. And um, and I think since then the, the council. Uh, the last council before this one had some struggles with, you know, getting along and working together. And I think that's really the key. It, I, I love working with people that have the same overall goal, uh, like making Modesto a better place. So Chris and I meet all the time and uh, we argue about how to do that, but we never question the fact that we believe that we're here to make this a better place. And same with you, Jim. So that never is an issue. So we can fight about how we're going to do it all, all day long, but that doesn't change things. And, and you know, Chris's ideas are, are, are great ideas, but I might have different opinion, but who knows sometimes what's the best to go. But, but working, working together for a goal that is uh, about making Modesto a better place to live. And I got nine, or I got six grandkids, not nine. Uh, I'd like them to have a choice to stay in Modesto if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would be, you know, from your perspective, looking back, what would be your advice to future city council people and even to the city council right now? Like, what would you say, this is important? Don't lose sight of the goal. It's so easy once you get into that spot where everybody has wants to have your ear and they want, you know, you, uh, and sometimes they tell you you're, you're the greatest guy in the world and you need to go home and talk to your spouse and get squared away on that, you know, but I, I think uh, that's your just, wife square you away, Chris. I think that's daily. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. For sure. <laughs> but, but I think, uh, it, it's easy to get caught up in the whole, the whole politics thing. And my opinion is I, I want every council member, doing the best job that they can do for our community. I mean, coming coming to the meeting and have read all the stuff isn't what I'm talking about. Um, 
I'm talking about what what can what can I do as a council member to move this place forward? Who, how can I work with my other council members and the community to bring it forward? And I I may not have the same passion as say Chris would have, but but I'm here to support his passion and he should be supporting my passion and because it's all about making the, making Modesto a better place. Yeah, I love that. As we listen to one another. Uh, we really do sharpen each other's saws in that sense and, and move forward. So, Well, that's something that's neat about Brad is that he, well, he's served on the city council, so he kind of understands how it works. But there's no limit on the people, on anyone in this community. Anyone listening today could come to their councilperson and say, I want to work on this project and this is something, I, this is my vision of how this should go and and try to work on stuff. And that's what Brad does. He says, look, I want to try to help make homelessness better. And he works on that or... I want to work on wastewater and he works on that, you know, like he just finds solutions and then recommends them and try and finds ways to make them happen. And I want to see more of that in the community from more people. Yeah. Well, the big difference was that when you went and asked Brad, when he was on the city council, Brad had no money, but Chris has lots of it and he can just write checks now. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is perfect. So, you know, Brad, one thing you told me about city council was that, you enjoyed your time there, but it's really been since you've been on city council. You've got to know everybody who works in the city, got to know, have so many relationships because of being on city council that that has basically projected you into being involved in all these other things in the city. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to kind of pick your brain about some of those things, those relationships that were built and how those have moved you into neighborhoods and into homelessness and all the things that you're involved in now. So, hey, you're listening to the Battle of Modesto show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on KFIV 1360 and also live on the Earhart Radio app. And we'll see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on KFIV 1360, also live on the iHeart Radio app. And this is one of the fastest going shows that I think we've done so far. It's half over already, Chris. Can't believe it. Yeah, just really good discussion so far. So thanks to our guest, Brad Hahn, for joining us and uh, 66 uh, years in Modesto. And uh, which high school did you go to, Brad? Which Modesto High? Is there another one? Yeah, I don't know if there's some. <laughs> Actually, back then we used to, you know, bring our horses and put them up. No. <laughs> what was the big rival when you went to Modesto High? Who is it against? Downey. And Downey. Davis. Mostly, but mostly Downey. Okay. Yeah, that was the big rival. Yeah. I was a Downey Knight and uh, loved my years there. So was George Lucas in town when you were going to high school? No. Was it the same year? No. He's older. He's older than you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's but cool. I wouldn't have known anyway at that point. I was doing my you know, sports and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked about your love for the city council, and I shared what you had shared with me about, you know, your time on city council really led into other things. Can you can you tell us about that? Yeah, I have to back up a little bit and tell a little bit of a story. I, I, uh, I ran for mayor that after eight years, and I, I really felt like I was the guy for the job, not not in an egotistical sense, but the experience and the desire to, for the community. And uh, I, I remember the night of the election, I, I was standing there at the, the victory party, 
this is small v on this victory party because I lost. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I remember is. asking myself, <laughs> am, am I going to be okay if I don't win? And, uh, and so I'm, I'm talking to myself and talking to God about it, you know, and says, well, okay, it's, it's your choice. It's not mine. And, you know, what are you going to do if, if you don't, you know? And so I woke up it, it, and it was really, it was, it was kind of a, a downer in a sense, because first of all, I hate to lose. And, and second of all, the, the results came in so fast and it wasn't like, we're going to sit around and watch and count and stuff. It was it was obvious that it wasn't going to happen. So I announced it, and then you know we had to party and went home. But I got up the next day and I thought, you know, I have all this passion for the community. I really love the community. I have a desire to make it a better place. Did that just go away because I didn't win this office? Or and so I, I uh, actually called Garrett Marsh, the the mayor that he, he beat me. Uh, I called him up and said, hey, you know me, I'm here to help, and uh, and anything I can do to help. And about a year went by, and then they were having some issues with the Recycled Water Project, and he called me up and says, can you come, you know, help with this? And so I worked several years on that. Um, and, and just one thing led to another, because my, my whole focus is on making Modesto a better place, and you mentioned the fact that being on the council gives you a lot of relationships that are built and uh, with boards of supervisors, city council, other city councils around in the community. And so I just continue to work on things. Uh, one, one major area is neighborhoods. And second now is, uh, is homelessness. And that's what I spend most all my time on trying to, to make, you know, make it a better place for those um, in those areas. Well, before we jump into that, I just want to like reflect on the fact that that's a class act right there. I mean, right after yeah. you lose the uh, the seat to mayor, you call the next day and say, Gerard, we're all in to helping you. And then even to have uh, Mayor Marsh call and say, hey, Brad, I need your help on these projects. Like, this is the way Modesto should operate. Yeah, and, it, it wasn't, I mean, wasn't this... without a lot of pain and suffering and I got, you know, I tell people all the time I, I eat crow a lot because I do stuff I, sh you know, say things I shouldn't and lose things. I, you know, if you put a little ketchup on on the feathers, it's you, you can eat it. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I've noticed is that I would say I mean not always, but most of the people that are running for office in this town are really pretty good people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and. The city staff, the county staff, they are great people. They're they good. have got they good intentions. Really, they really good are intentions. trying hard. Yeah. yeah, and some of it, some of it is bound by red tape or whatever. But man, a lot of it is just. Yeah, I mean, like I, I talk smack to Joe Lopez all the time, you know, the city manager. But like, he's actually a really great guy. He is a good guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. So tell us, Brad. Like now you're involved in neighborhoods. What is that all about? What is neighborhoods? Well, Medicine neighborhoods. It, it's kind of a uh, sort of like a pickup basketball game. There was a bunch of people that were interested in, in Little Lomos where it started, uh, much because of the, the gospel mission and the issues with the homeless in the neighborhood. And that was kind of like the catalyst that began that neighborhood group, which uh, it's about 2,000 households. And they have, they 
pay for security, rank security, or I don't know if it's rank, but I know that they have security. And uh, and other they have other projects they've done. They did the roundabouts. They did done a lot in the park, and uh, a lot of a lot of parties and you know barbecues and things like that. And then uh, it's fast forward, it's kind of expanded. We have about eight neighborhoods like that in the community. Some of them doing really well, some of them, you know, struggling. Uh, it's very interesting because we're right at a, at a pivotal time in our, you know, our life as neighborhoods and uh, the city uh, saw fit to give us a grant and what the predominant thing they asked us to use it for was uh, capacity building, which to help some of the struggling neighborhoods to get you know get going uh, better and uh, to help with some new neighborhoods and that's that's really exciting to to be able to have that uh, that's what we've been missing is that extra help from the outside because everybody's a volunteer yeah and I got a job I got like a job and a half with all this, the other stuff and I'm also doing neighborhood stuff so I don't have really a lot of time to invest in people in the neighborhoods situations. Yeah, and I'd like to actually talk to you about some of that capacity building because what you're talking about is essentially building organizations and I've got a ton of experience with that. So I'd love to, and that's one of the things I was talking about at council last night was Modesto Neighborhoods and what an amazing organization it is and how we need to invest in it because it's something that is truly unique to Modesto and the goals that they have and the way that it operates, it's got so much upside in terms of like you have eyes and ears of people that really care in every single neighborhood that come together once a month and talk about what's going on in their neighborhoods like that is unprecedented yeah and that that's the key to to uh having a successful neighborhood really is to in, it, in its demographics and everything aside it doesn't really matter it's just that i know my neighbors and I know when there's a car parked in front of that neighborhood that that's not their car. And I, I think about it and I have gone over and said, hey, what's going on? What, what can I help you with? Because we live in a neighborhood with a lot of, there's a lot of transient stuff going on. And, and that's, that's what it's about. And, and I haven't seen Jane for a while and she's an older lady. So I'm gonna go over and say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Or, you know, it's just that it's connecting uh, people together and it, it's it's pretty exciting wait uh, so I, I gotta ask a couple of questions about this because um, so does the city appoint neighborhood champions in a neighborhood or how does this all work right? it all happens through most neighborhoods have, ha have started up based on some issue that they've they've had uh, stabbing in the park uh, trees uh, whatever. Uh, I thought they emerged like rosebuds. No, 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 <laughs> no not. There's a, there's a few. Right out of those thorns. There's a, couple, there's a couple of them that have have started up just because they felt like it was a good idea and they saw what was happening. Uh, so, so this wasn't something the city appointed you to. They just you just said, I want to have a a leadership role in my neighborhood. I'm going to gather my neighbors and we're going to start this neighborhood type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, but neighborhoods is basically bringing all of those folks together on a monthly basis to kind of center, get some synergy. I hear Chris's neighborhood's doing this and, you know, the college area did a big fundraiser and raised a whole bunch of money and everybody's saying, well, I want to do that too because there's a lot of projects they want to do. And the neat thing is partnering with the city 
it's they're partnering with the city. They say, look, the city says, well, we can do this, this, and this, and we and we the uh, neighborhood goes and raises money, and we put a fix the, the park play area or whatever whatever the issue is. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, and it, and like I I'm I'm fortunate because they do it over Zoom, so I'm able to like attend almost all the meetings and. It's just really, you get so many great insights from hearing the different challenges that all the neighborhoods have and the ones they share and the ones that are unique. And there's just, a, there's, it's a very, very compelling group. Yeah, so a couple shout outs here. I know the, the lady who oversees our neighborhood that I live in is Twain Hart. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, she's done an amazing job there. Um, I think Mike Meridian was the guy in the... He's, he's the one that actually started it and... Um... Teresa Gamboa. Teresa Gamboa. Yeah. Kind of, or, you know, she got it, got it going. And, yeah. And that's, it's been very interesting, but we need new blood. We need younger folks in there. And, um, yeah, college area because of Twain Hart's uh, leadership. She's an amazing person. She's taught me so much about dealing with people. It's, it's she's so, she's patient. She's very she patient. I could, look, I could use some of that. Well, she yeah. she knows how to interrupt the the whole flow of things and get stuff done, you know. Because a lot of times it's well. I'll tell you what. When we come back from the break, I want to invite people. You know, how can they be a part of the the neighborhood association? So we'll we'll talk about that. So you're listening to the Beta Modesto Show with your hosts Jim Applegate and Chris Ricky on Power Talk 1360 AM. Oh, you got it in there. Also on the iHeartRadio app, and we'll see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on KFIV 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app. And today, uh, we've been having a great discussion with former Councilman uh, Brad Hahn. And, uh, you know, just to plug it one more time, Brad did support me for City Council, even though Chris won. So. Oh, at two, Brute. <laughs> so we just have to keep that up. So um, right before the break, Brad, we were talking about neighborhood associations, and you said, hey, if we can get some young blood into the neighborhood association, that would be great. So how would our audience get connected with that? Well, you know, I, I think it's it, it seems very difficult, but I think it's very easy. You go around and you just work on your own neighborhood and figure out what that feels like to you. Like for me, I live on Magnolia and from the 100 block to the 300 block on Magnolia, that's my neighborhood. And it spills over a little bit into uh, a couple of the, you know, Sycamore on one side and, and, the, and the other street on the other side. There's a few folks that we all know and, and we kind of, but, but the most important thing that I think that you can do is just to, to do National Night Out together, have a, a 4th of July, barbecue and you it's so easy to close your street down and get barricades and and then the kids are running out in the street and then and it's it's just an amazing thing and uh, our neighborhood is really interesting because when we moved in only we moved in about six years ago on on our block and there's one little kid and now there's about seven little kids and it has transformed the way and every morning at 8 15 if you want to see something cool is there's six kindergartners from my neighborhood walking down the sidewalk with with the you know moms and dads taking them to school it's just really cool but it's it's getting out of your shell and you don't really have to you don't really have to be a leader 
All you got to do is say, hey, let's get find a couple people that are like-minded in your neighborhood and say, look, we're going to have an open house on this day and we'll just do it. And just get to know your neighbors, get their get their phone numbers, find out about them, and and uh, <clears throat> and then that that builds into everything else. If and that's the most important part of it, right there. And how do you get into a bigger one? That's a whole nother, you know, get a larger group. That's a whole nother deal. But it, the, the larger group is made up of a whole bunch of small neighborhoods. Yeah. Just start trying to be a neighbor. In fact, I love what it says on our police cars, where it's like a city of great neighbors. Yeah, and that's really what we're trying to be about. So, well, like I, I want to underline what Brad said there. It's, it sounds real easy. Like, yeah, just talk to your neighbors and get their phone numbers. But that requires you to go outside of your house and knock on your next door neighbor's door if you don't know them, or the neighbor two neighbors down that you've never spoken to before. Like, mm-hmm. that requires you kind of getting out of your comfort zone and actually introducing yourself and 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 really reaching out to build relationships and and that can be really challenging for some people it can be and and people you know i mean i'm a big guy and walking up to somebody's door i took my grandkids with me you know so that okay yeah is or you know you can take your dog but that could create (laughs) problems but so i would take my grandkids with me and, and they'd see there's this big ugly guy but he's got a grandkid well you know it kind of just calms everything down and and you say hey i live right over there and we're just we'd like to invite you to this party next week you know and and just yeah well you know what we have one of the best holidays coming up to meet your neighbors and it's halloween because everybody goes door to door anyway and so you know one thing we did in our neighborhood i used to live over by the buyer district and uh, you know we just set up a bunch of games outside and then some hot chocolate. We had a fire pit going out front. And so when the kids came and trick-or-treated, we just like said, hey, what's your name? And we met almost all of our neighbors that way. And then year after year, we became the party house for the Halloween thing. And it was just really fun way to meet your neighbors. Yeah. So there's a built-in holiday coming right up that you can actually start uh, enjoying your neighbors. Yep. So, and what a, what a great way to meet them. So. All right, so we've talked a little bit about neighborhoods, but the other thing I know you're heavily involved in is the homeless situation in Modesto, and this continues to be a big issue that plagues Modesto. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, the background on the on the home, how we uh, I got involved in the homeless situation was uh, we started working several years ago, about six or seven years ago, on something called Focus on Prevention, and it it happened as a result of Supervisor Withrow and uh, Stan Risen, the former CEO of the county, getting together and saying, you know, we spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on Band-Aid approach to the problem. Reactive instead of proactive. And we said, how can we get on the other side of that? How can we start talking about um, prevention as opposed to, um, and, and it's interesting because we're going through a kind of a rebranding thing and we, and we can't leave the word prevention because everybody, it's, it's a key element to what we do is, uh, is getting to, to someone before they are homeless and yeah. helping them. Yeah. And, and I'm convinced that, that that's, where we, that's where we need to end up. But, but what happened was is that homelessness was so in our faces as a community and it, it was our this group that decided that we need to uh we need to deal with it and uh it was 
because I built, uh, remodeled our house in the, in the area and I was very involved in watching homeless situation in Grace Ada Park and all around. And, and it, it got me, it was, it's a long story, but uh, it got me involved in wanting to help. And at the point, at that point, there was no, no, everybody's pointing fingers at each other. You know, it's the county's problem and it's, it's the county says, well, that's not our problem, you know, and all of that. And then the Boise Ninth uh, District came out that said, if you don't provide um, low barrier shelter, which is, they can have pets, partners, and possessions. It's not without rules, but if you don't, if you don't provide that, you cannot tell tell somebody they can't camp in a park or camp on the street. And so the, the police chief immediately opened up the uh, Mo, Modesto Air, Mo's Modesto Emergency Shelter, yeah, outdoor emergency shelter. Yeah, and uh, it was the camping of, site right below the bridge down. A lot of problems with it. A lot of a lot of things that. A lot of really good things about it too, though. A lot, a lot of good things. It's like happen. we always want to talk about the problems, but we don't want to talk about the good things. Yeah, there were yeah. good things too. Yeah, but but that kind of got the whole ball rolling. And and fast forward, one of my proudest moments as a as a citizen of Modesto is when I went to a meeting, and I heard that the city of Modesto, by themselves, not with any input from anybody else, had figured out a, a camp to home thing, which it basically is, is a uh, camp to home. It's taking, uh, uh, it's taken an existing organization that's here and it's taking folks from out of the shelter and giving them jobs, so to speak, uh, cleaning up, uh, stuff around the, around, you know, the, in the streets and stuff. This is the downtown streets. downtown streets team. Yeah. Well, what the city did is they took that and they said, well, why don't we also work with some employers? Why don't we get some some jobs on the other end of this thing? And so it is truly for those who get in this, it's from the camp to home. And these are like legit employers, you know, people like Stan Foods, Del Monte, you know, yes. like these are these are, you know, if. If they jump through the hoops and they do what they need to do to get themselves right, there's a really good future on the other end. And that is, it's just so encouraging. It is. And, you know, one day I was, uh, there was some issues that had happened and I'm, I'm on the Stanislaus Homeless Alliance and a group of homeless folks came and complained about something. And uh, so I went to their meeting and there was 50 people in that room, 50 homeless people. And uh, I've never been in a place with 50 people that wanted to change. I mean, they really wanted to change. And they really wanted a chance at it. And the, the, the issue was is they thought they got a free uh, ticket into Kansas House. And it, it turned out it wasn't that way. And I, I had to say, you were told wrong. But here's how you get into the Kansas House. You need to work with your, your uh, social worker to help get the, all the things done so that you can go in it to there and at the end of the thing uh, and I told him I'm sorry that that happened but this is how this is and you've got a choice to, to listen to the voices that have kept you in homelessness or you can you can trust that somebody's going to help you get out and uh, after that meeting I mean it, it was it was amazing because they were so happy and so uh, really desirous to make change and so that's why I continue to work in homelessness is because 
I, there are people there that, that can change, and it's not, and they're, they can be pretty rough in the beginning and make it. Yeah, I've, you know, uh, I think I'm your one follower on Twitter, Chris. So I, I always <laughs> I like, follow you too, Jim. Okay, I like the tweets. <laughs> but I, I love it when you tweet about some of the downtown streets projects, things that are going on, and people who have actually gone all the way through the transitional program um, and have actually gotten jobs. And I appreciate the fact that you're talking about that. So, hey, unfortunately, our time is up for today. And uh, but I I knew we would love to have you back, Brad, to talk more about this transitional housing, the the stuff that's going on in the county right now with homelessness, because it is a big deal, and there are some really great things that are happening. So I, I hope that you'd be able to come back and join us and talk more about this. Be glad to come. Great, Chris. Thanks for the time together today. Good to see you again, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, and you are listening to the Better Modesto Show with your hosts Jim Applegate and Chris Ricky. We're on KFIB. 1360 tell your friends about us also live on the iHeartRadio app and i believe there's going to be a podcast coming out pretty soon as well so exciting hey you guys have a great saturday talk to you soon